Welcome back, everyone. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 173. Today's episode is going to be just a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to do a brief G update, as always, and then I want to talk a, a little bit about a philosophical thing, which may be of interest to some and of absolutely no interest to others. Uh, but let me get to the G update first. So we are continuing. Um, this is just really a really leveled out spot because she's been through the swim by, she's been through, you know, all the the double T stuff, done pattern blinds, started cold blinds. So now we are just working on, it's off season also, so we're just working on uh, marks and blinds and associating now maybe some blinds somewhat with the presence of marks in the area, which is a big deal in the beginning with most dogs. And uh, staunching her up, that's probably my biggest thing is she's a, a real natural pointer, but become really, really aggressive. So we're going through that part too. So we're just sort of just working on just all the time, just building more experience, more practice, more practice, never changing the standard uh, and just moving forward. So. She and her sister are both doing exceedingly well at all this. I'm real happy. I have a fantastic attitude about all of it. And uh, would rather uh, hunt than almost breathe. So things are going real well there. The philosophy thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is, is not one that you're going to hear a lot about in the hunting dog circles. Not too much. I think it's more in the, uh, in the more of the... Uh, the pet areas and stuff like that. But I want to talk about the use of kindness <laughs> in training dogs. Now, that's not something that when you say that, you get the, boy, do you get the look, you know, from trainers. It's like, oh, geez, here we go. But I think that this is something, based on what I've seen forever uh, in the retriever training, I can't speak too much for the pointing dog training, but I know there's an element of toughness over there too. But I just would like for all of us to give thought uh, to the use of, literally the use of kindness in our training. And I want to kind of define kindness first because I, you know, there's a lot of different interpretations of that. I think that the kindness that I'm talking about right now is not letting anybody get away with anything. It's not letting them off the hook. It's not lowering the expectations of what you want, but it is the nature of the interactions between you and whatever you're teaching or training. It is the nature of those things. And it's almost not cool in the dog training world, in the retriever training or hunting dog training world to be kind that's conventionally looked at as a little bit of a weakness. And I know that from very, from personal experience. I don't know how many field trial people I've had tell me, you know, well, you're, you're just never going to make it <laughs> because, because I would say, I don't think what you're doing right there is necessary. And you know that they look at that as a sign of weakness. And I look at what they're doing as a sign of weakness. And because it is a difficult, to be that thoughtful and that aware of one, the individual that you're training and two, yourself and the nature of the interactions. It's a whole lot easier 
to just do what somebody told you to do. And I'm going to use an example, like I always do in these things, of, of kids. Of When you raise kids, you can be real tough. That was my father's uh, philosophy. You can be real tough. You can be real soft. You let them get away with everything. You can have no expectations. None of those, in my opinion, everything here is just my opinion. So take it for what you're paying for it. Uh, neither one of those is really probably optimal. Those things, again, are always a function of our insides. You know, my dad was tough because whatever his deal was when he grew up and everything, that's how he thought the best way to deal with the world was and to deal with his kids. You know, make them tough. Don't cut them any slack. Don't build them up. Always tell them what they did wrong. And for some reason, he thought that was great. And it was not. And then there's other people, you know, who just enable their kids to do whatever. No, I th I'll just give them complete and total freedom. They can just, if they want to do something, they can. And if they don't, they can't. So, again, when you do that, then you completely let them off the hook. You have no expectations. You have, you don't teach them to work hard or maybe shoot for something unless they just do it on their own. So, people can understand that with kids. But when you can bring that over to dogs, it's a very, very different thing. So people look at dogs very differently. And again, it's complete reflection of the inside of them. I know many, many people who basically look at their dogs as a commodity, like a tractor or a lawnmower or a vehicle. It's, uh, it's something that they got, they bought a certain quality and it needs to function a certain way. And that's how they look at these things. And then they learn how to make it work the way that it's supposed to. And you can never change that perspective. That is as much as they have in terms of looking at the heart and soul of this commodity of theirs. They really don't look at it that way. And there's a lot of people like that. And I doubt they're listening to this podcast, actually. But I know a lot of people are that way. And then there's people that, air quotes here, just love their dog but are going to be tough and going to be demanding because, you know, we've bred them to be doing this and this is, you know, this is how you have to do it. And again, I'm going to say that is a total reflection of the inside of that person, not necessarily what's necessary in this situation. And there are many, many very successful people who are training their dogs who are, who, for whom kindness is not even uh, an issue, not even a thought, not even a consideration. Their idea of kindness is, I feed this dog good food. You know, it sleeps in a kennel or a box or something every night. It gets to do this, this uh, bird work that it really enjoys. And that's their view of kindness. And so an analogy in the human thing is you raise a kid, they have their own bedroom, they have the clothes they need, they go to school, you feed them, uh, you make sure they get to the bus or whatever, and that's all you do, right? And thinking that that's the optimum thing. And for some people, maybe that's all that they have. So I, what I want to talk about a little bit is, is, is kindness and kindness and training, because I think that it's something that is just vastly, just grossly missing uh, in a lot of things. And it's just not a consideration. 
And again, you're looked at like a, like with a sign of weakness when you do this. But kindness in animal training is one, first, how you look at this dog that you're training or whatever you're training, horses too. How do you look at this? Is it just a useful thing for you? Is it just something that is, is uh, rewarding to do or you have a big ego about it and if you win or get a lot of ribbons then you look this way or that way? Is this, is this thing here to serve you and serve your ego and serve your vanity and your pride? Because, and you know, people don't always look at it that way, but you know we've all seen that a ton. And this is a thing to serve you and your needs. So the kindness thing, again, doesn't factor in too much there. Or, or another way to look at it, you know, is, is this something that is similar? It's like me. It's another living, breathing, heart and soul creature that's here. And it, just like me, wants to pursue what it was bred to do, what it was, you know, put on the earth to do, the things that it was, its DNA cry out for it to do. Is it that? Is it here to do those things? And how capable is it? Can it do them to the level that I would like or not? Um, and if so, what can I do? Because I, my, one of the things I enjoy is training and working and developing and, and enhancing these creatures. So when you look at them that way and you look at you at, at the two of you as in a sense equivalence, not really equals because one is a dog and one is a human and that but equivalence in terms of two living beings that are trying to do something in a shared way and that if both of you were to be on the same side working toward whatever your goal is, uh, that that would be, that would be ultimately the goal is that. And I, I wonder how many people look at it that way. But I really, I'm going to just give my opinion on this um, because it, it, my personal experience is coming from a very, very uh, demanding upbringing where it was more of a survival thing, you know, where could you possibly be good enough, could you ever do this, which is how a lot of these dogs have to live. That that is not the best way to get the most out of something. Just be, beating them over the head and, and causing great pain if they don't do what you want and just demanding that they follow your rules and do your thing. I, I can tell you as a human raised that way, that is, that is the worst way possible as far as I'm concerned. Now, there are a lot of dogs who can do well under that. They can, if you pound on them and make them do stuff and, and don't really take into consideration what it does to their heart and soul, but just, boy, they'll never make that mistake again. There are a lot of dogs that are successful that way. And a lot of the highly competitive retriever people breed those dogs and then they can train them the way that they like to, the way that's comfortable for them, where they don't have to put a lot of the heart part in it. They just put the technical training part into it. But most dogs are like we are. You know, they, they, they like what they're doing. They care about it. They have a passion about it. They don't want to get beat up about it. They don't want to have to be afraid. You know, whatever it is you do, you know, if you are, whatever you're shooting for, you know, you want to you be a great tennis player or you want to be a doctor or whatever it is. If somebody's just constantly, 
correcting you and telling you what you did wrong and pointing out what you did wrong and telling you how, you know, and then punishing you if you do wrong twice. Odds are you're not going to wind up being the same tennis player or the same doctor as you would if somebody was perhaps a little kinder to you. I didn't say let you off the hook or get off easy, but try to understand that you're doing your best or try to, if you're not doing your best, point out you're not doing your best and help you find a way to work a little harder toward that. And it's that way with our animals. And so it would be probably a good thing if people could, when they are working with their dogs, just step back for a minute and say, all right, if I was this dog, if I was this animal, and they don't have human brains and they do not think the way they do, and they do not, you know, we're asking them in, our, in the retriever world, especially to do things that are very unnatural. You know, being on a dead run after something and hearing a sit whistle and stop it on a dime and turning around and just looking at you and then following your 10 degree angle back cast to the left. It, that's not a natural thing in the animal world. You know, to go in the water straight and take the most amount of water possible on the way to a, a down bird is nothing any animal would do in the wild. They would take the best, shortest, quickest route to get there. And so we ask them to do so many things that are unnatural. Uh, you know, and just wait, wait carefully, watch all this, then do that, then do it this way. And if I, you saw the last thing over here, but now I'm gonna send you somewhere else. Go somewhere else, don't go what you saw. We have all of these unnatural things. If that were us, would somebody just beating you over the head be the best thing for you? And maybe some of us, it would be. Um, but most people, if you explained and you taught and you showed and you understood that sometimes they don't get it, that you didn't do a good enough job, or they're just slower to get it, or they're like many, many dogs now, they can't keep their mind on the same thing for very long. So sometimes when the mind just leaves it and then you get after them because they weren't doing what you wanted, they don't have a way to deal with that. And so they just go out there and get in trouble. There is so much of that in our dog training world. I just see it. I, I find myself falling into that trap sometimes and I see other people doing it. They're just, they make us a very black and white thing where it's either right or wrong and I know how to do corrections. Everybody always wants to know about corrections. Always, that's the number one most frequently asked question for me is how, you know, how do you correct this or that? And I really wish before people worried about that, that they would understand how that dog thinks and how that dog works through things and what, what the best way to communicate with that dog is. And do they take a lot of repetition or is a lot of repetition boring to them and they get nothing out of it? Therefore, you have to do something different for them to learn a new concept. There is, if people spent more time understanding that about their dog, then the correction thing would be far less of a deal because really the correction is you're not teaching well enough. That's the correction. So if you taught a little bit better, you're not, we wouldn't have to be doing all the correction stuff. And if that's, a, you know, that may not be important to you because you can, these dogs are so good anymore that we can just kind of 
hammer them into the right behavior and then when they start doing it repeatedly then we're very happy but i would ask all dog trainers of all types i would ask two things two things of them having done this my entire life two things one is look at whatever animal you have as a living thing with a heart and a soul and a spirit and they have needs and they have canine emotions you know or equine emotions or or feline emotions they have those things they're all different under they're not your emotions and they're not the same thing you would do so you have to pay attention and study and watch but understand that they have that and they have good days and bad days and they way, have a way of learning and they have a way of looking at you there may be fear, there may be, I'm just going to survive, I don't really understand. It may be that they know you're a schlep and they're just going to take advantage of you because that often happens too. So you have to be able to look at them that way and then formulate your way to deal with them. Now, the other thing I would ask of all of us that do this is in looking at these guys, and in understanding them, I, what I, on the other side of this spectrum are, is the people who think they really, really love their animals. And they don't show respect for their abilities, for their desire to uh, master things and to excel at things and to become very good at things. That they don't want to just be spoiled and cater to and never find out why they're here on the earth and what it's like to be very good at things and to work very hard and to get better and better and to have everything expanded and made, made vastly improved because of this work. So I see both things. I see people who don't ask enough of their dogs. They just let them do whatever and they don't make them bear down and think and they don't make them focus and they don't get what was put into that animal they have probably generally so much more to give but that requires attention from you work from you effort from you thought from you and then continued uh, involvement in the development of this animal so both of them are equally unfair and disrespectful to the animal if it's just a thing that you're going to just thump over the head to make do stuff you know that's that's a that's just a crime against a wonderful creature and the same thing if you have this wonderful creature and you just let them, oh, they can just do whatever. They just need to be a puppy. And then they're just so, oh, and they're so nice. You're letting yourself and that animal totally off the hook. And it's a crime because here's this great thing that will never know what it's like to be a great thing. And when you take that away from an animal, that's just as bad as pounding it out of them. So kindness to our animals one, the baseline for that in any animal in the world is respect. Respect for what that animal is. And that means taking some time to understand what that is, to look at it, to see it, not through what do I need or want from this animal, but what does this animal on the earth for and what do they need and what, how do they become the most they can be, assuming that's why you got it. So that the real kindness is total respect. And that takes a lot of effort. If you just get a dog and throw it in a kennel, 
send it to the trainer or go do a few things and then go out and it just like it's like it's a tractor you know and as long as you keep the oil fresh in there you can just turn the key and it starts if you were treated that way it would not probably go very well and if you had had if you've had somebody in your life who saw the real you right and I've talked about this many times saw the real you respected the real you didn't let you off the hook when you tried to pull stuff called you on it and said don't even try that saw the goodness in you emphasized that gave you the opportunities to work on the good things you know many of us have had teachers or coaches or or a parent or a friend who opened some doors within ourselves that that uh, no one else ever took the time for you know and that's a life-changing kind of thing and it's the same way with the animals it is exactly the same but people don't seem to be aware of that so you got to find out what do you have respect that it's hard to, to it's hard to to look at animals and figure out stuff it's hard to you know is this animal because you always just project stuff oh this dog is really smart and it's really good because that's what you want it to be find out you know this dog learns quickly slowly this dog is motivated by by its own needs and wants not mine you know the dog loves to do this but he does them for these reasons and so I have to go in and approach the dog this way. That is kindness. Nowhere in this, when, is it letting them get off the hook or giving them the easy way out? Also, nowhere in this is where we have to cause these dogs a lot of, a lot of screaming, yelling, pain, you know, bad stuff. There's just, there's just nowhere that's ever necessary if you are a good enough teacher. So I just, this is kind of a short one. But it's from the heart. I think if we could all uh, look at our animals that way, and again, like I said, get the most out of them, just like a kid. I had two kids. You know, I never hit them, never yelled at them, never did that stuff. Also, called them every time they tried any BS stuff, going, man, that's not you. You know that. That's just not who you are. And, you know, that wound up working pretty well with them. And it's the same way with dogs. You don't have to hurt them. You don't have to scream at them. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff, even though a lot of people love doing that. But if you take the extra time and do the extra teaching, um, you'll get the most you can out of that stuff. So I just want to put that out there. I think that it, when I use the word kindness, I'm almost going to equate it to respect. I really am. I think, you know, respect certainly is missing in our current uh, world situation it's people are no longer required to treat one another with respect even if they have differing opinions I think I that's a very very sad thing and I think that we do the same thing with our animals there's a complete lack of respect for what they really are and what they really need and how do you really do this most effectively so if I can get just somebody out there to think a little bit differently in their approach to their dog and actually think that respecting that animal and therefore being what you could call kind to it so that you're just teaching and growing it not hammering it and correcting it all the time you you can't believe how much more those animals will give you if you do that so it's a little bit shorter one today and it's just one that i think is uh is so important to get out there if and like i said if i can get one of you just one of you out there uh to think a little bit differently about that then it's successful so that's today's uh, podcast, shorter, 25 minutes almost. And uh, 
we got lots of cold and interesting weather coming and it's flat out in the hunting season. I wish everybody a lot of luck and a lot of safety and a lot of health. And G and I will be back very soon.